Hello everyone and welcome to the Great British Mickey Waffle. I'm Becca and we have a very special episode today. Let's start by introducing my fellow presenters for today's waffle. So we have Ben, Claire and John. How are we all doing? Yeah, good, thanks Becca. Yeah, good. Very well, thank you. Yeah, good, good day. Lovely. Also joining us today, we have the brilliant Colin Kendall, Disney blogger, photographer and writer behind Guide for WDW and one third of After Hours Let's Talk Disney on YouTube and Facebook. Brilliant might be a little generous, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I've seen your photography, trust me. <laughs> you don't see the ones that get thrown away though. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to. <laughs> So we're going to start the same way we start with all of our guests. A quick fire set of questions so that you and us can get to know Colin a little bit better. Uh oh, here we go. Here we go. So, <laughs> I was warned about this. <laughs> They're nice questions, don't worry. Uh, our reputations usually go before. They always yeah. say it's going to be nice questions. It's not always nice questions. <laughs> so question number one, favourite park? Uh, well... There's a caveat to that. If it's if it's this coast, it's Epcot. If it's West Coast, it's Disneyland. I think that's fair, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Question two: Ride that you hate. Oh, ride that I hate. Really, I I don't really have one that I absolutely hate. Um, honestly, I'm still a little bitter about Frozen. <laughs> Frozen Ever After. Um, I loved Maelstrom. I was one of the holdout people that absolutely adored that attraction and always have been. Uh, I, I'm sh I never got the, one of the shirts that they had that had the Maelstrom logo on it right when it was going away. So it's always been kind of a thorn in my side. Uh, but no, it used to be a favorite of mine and my family. And it's just kind of a family memory. But um, I love the new attraction just kind of at the same time. Eh, I wish it was what it used to be. <laughs> Did you ever find the hidden Mickeys in the big... Um, mural where you're waiting yeah. in the queue at Maelstrom. Yeah, there's a I few never in found there. Them. Yeah, there's yeah, a few. Yeah, Of course, in you didn't queue. used to have to it's wait for that happen. attraction very often. No, so. no, no, no. <laughs> that was one of the huge benefits. Sorry? That was another positive of Maelstrom as well, though. Exactly. Wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's like you could walk on. Most you waited 20 minutes until it got <clears> to the end, and then it was like an hour and a half because nobody wanted to see it leave. <laughs> <laughs> What's frozen like ninety minutes average? Oh, yeah. if not worse. Right yeah. now, it's probably yeah, a little. It's probably in that ballpark. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard some people that absolutely love the the video, but I was not yeah. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I have to confess, I never actually did that ride. Really? Yeah. I'm disappointed. <laughs> Didn't know it was there until it was going away. Yeah. Really? Oh, the time we got back there, frozen had opened. Yeah. And yeah. I think, do you know something, Becca? I think there's quite a lot of people like that who. You know, it's it's that whole thing within in Epcot, where and and it's certainly you know from my point of view, Colin, it's, it is my favourite park. But it's it's the deeper you go into each of the pavilions, exactly. you begin to you actually begin to find out what's actually there. And you know, I think a lot of people just treat it as a, a long walk around the lake. Right, and, and there's so and, much that you can overlook accidentally too, and you yeah, just have yeah. no idea. And I think part of that's intentional from a design standpoint because oh, there's yeah. so many things that you can uncover. It's almost like Animal Kingdom in a way. Like the more you explore the park, the more things you find, the more unique aspects of it that you come to appreciate, for lack yeah. of a better word. And it's yeah. it's unique in that. But like you said, I mean, you could walk around the World Showcase 15 times, and you still find myself today. I mean, I've been touring the parks for 20 plus years, and it comes to a point you're like. 
this is still something I've never seen before when you're strolling through a, um, a pavilion or stepping back to, like to see a particular film or anything like that. There's just there's little details of it all that you completely overlook. It gives us a reason to come back time and time again, as if we needed another reason. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Question three. What is your opinion on the most overrated snack? Overrated snack. Um, gosh. Probably the turkey leg. And I hate to say that because I used to most people, it's like I'd always get one. But after you eat so many turkey legs, it's just kind of like it's still a turkey leg. Like, at least Dole Whip, it's like you always crave it. But I've never really been the person that craves a turkey leg. Like, the smell's great. I'd miss it if the ambient set, like smells went away. But I don't think I'd miss it if the if the item just went away. I can't remember the last time I bought one. So do you think if they just had a, like a um, sort of turkey leg candle just around or diffuser somewhere? Yeah, exactly. Would, Pump in the smell. <laughs> you, you used to be able to buy a turkey leg like air freshener. like Yeah, in one. the little packages yeah. you can yeah, yeah. buy them. I think you can still buy them. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want your car to smell like that. But, <laughs> but you're hungry. <laughs> exactly. Sure. I know I would be. <laughs> it might be one of those things, you know, when you, know, when you get somebody comes into your car. It's all right. It's been in here. It's me leaving your takeout in here from yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all right. It's me turkey. It's me turkey leg air freshener from my holidays. And then you get that weird look from people. It's like, why do you have a turkey leg air freshener? (laughs) (laughs) Then you have to explain yourself. It's just a long, rough road there. (laughs) Definitely. All right, here we go. Number four. What's your favorite transportation mode at Walt Disney World? Uh, boats, depending on which boat you're at. But I really like the boats that go back and forth from like Wilderness Lodge to Magic Kingdom or Polynesian to Magic Kingdom, like the smaller ones with the open air on the sides. Uh, for me, that's always been kind of the un- most unique way of travel at D- Disney beyond a monorail. Uh, monorail is kind of the cliche answer, in my opinion. But um, if you yeah. ride the boats, especially at like um fireworks time of course not right now but um when they're doing fireworks stuff, it's a very very unique experience a little slower pace forces you to relax a little bit so that one's always high on my list good call okay uh, question five favorite table service restaurant table service okay um table service this is an odd one a lot of people don't really always agree with me on this but i love trails and um, and right now, since trails is not open, I'd probably go with potentially whispering Canyon. I'm not a big fancy dining kind of person, as you can probably tell from the way that I speak. <laughs> um, but at the same time, um, trails is always just a fun atmosphere too. You can go with family, you can hang out, you can all st- sit around a table, enjoy kind of a classic feeling meal, great food, kind of comfort food. Um, everybody can find something that they really like. Uh, which you can't always be said for some of the higher end dining places at Disney. And the price is a good value for the money, in my opinion. Uh, and if you, and it forces a lot of people, if you've not been to Fort Wilderness, go over there and explore that a little bit because it's very, very unique. Um, especially if you've never been before um, the shopping area over there and just the whole atmosphere of it's very welcoming, very homey, and it's just very relaxing in an odd way. And then you can just jump right back on a boat and head on back over to Magic Kingdom or to watch the fireworks from the Contemporary or even the dock at Wilderness Lodge. Yes, it's something completely different. We've we've done it a couple of times, haven't we? Yeah, the first time we got a bit lost. 
It's easy to do. It's easy to get lost over there. Yeah. Oh, you took the bus? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) And it stopped 17 times before it gets to the restaurant. (laughs) No, we got off at the first bus stop. Oh, yeah. We had no idea where it was. And ended yeah. up walking um, all the way down. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> that's quite a lot. That's that's, that's not a whole. Yeah, yeah. We we were very late for our reservation. Thankfully, yeah. they were. Not I'm sure they get that a lot. <laughs> Unless you're coming from Magic Kingdom, I mean, there's no other good way to get there because they take you to the first bus station and you have to ride the internal bus in. It's it's tough. Um, yeah. Unless you have a car, and even then, it's not perfect because they want you to park out by the uh, exterior bus stop. So yeah. Best routes yeah. from Magic Kingdom on the boat, in my opinion. <laughs> Simplifies <laughs> it quite a bit. <laughs> the second time we went, we went from Wilderness Lodge, so we got the boat. Yeah, that's an excellent option. Yeah. yeah. It's a short ride over, and you get to see, well, what used to be the remains of River Country. So that's always kind of a neat little add-on there, yeah. too, on the right. Okay. Question six. A resort you haven't stayed at, but want to more than anything else on Earth. So I've spent a lot of time at resorts at Walt Disney World. Um <laughs> So there are very few at this point that I've not stayed at because I'm not local to the parks. I actually live about 12 hours away um, in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, But I travel quite frequently, not only for work, because I work in that area quite a bit, um, but also for family reasons and travel uh, with family because we've always been a big Disney family. Um, But if I had to pick one that I've not stayed in, it would probably be Polynesian. I've visited hundreds of times. But the like the actual room accommodations, especially in their villa rooms, um, like the DVC villa rooms, which were not DVC, we tend to stay in those because they have the suite rooms and it kind of works out because we're traveling four or five adults usually. Um, I've never been able to have the opportunity to stay there unless it was just like a me trip, like a solo trip. Um, so it would probably be Polynesian because I've never taken the time to stay there. It's never really worked out so that it was a good fit for us. Um, even though the theming is incredible, the atmosphere is spectacular. One of my favorites on property. Um, but yeah, it would have to be Polynesian. It's a lovely resort. We've stayed there. It is. Yeah. Very nice. If you can do I it. I love the Polynesian. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a multi-sensory experience, really. And like we were talking about the other night on After Hours, it's like it's kind of like a portal when you step through there. You get the smell, you mm-hmm. get the atmosphere, you get the running water. You can see Magic Kingdom in the distance. It's one of the few resorts you can do that. Uh, it's just very, very multi-sensory. Question seven. <laughs> Which is your favorite car park? Now, I'm sure the others probably warned you about oh, this gosh. question. No, they didn't. I'm going to have to have a talk with them about that. Um, gosh, I don't Does- know. I have no idea. So translation, obviously, parking lot. Yeah. Gosh. Are we talking resorts or are we talking any theme parks? Any of the above? Yeah. Which one would Mm. you choose to to leave your vehicle in? So I'm going to – I can't explain this, but I'm going to say B-Club. Oh, and, no, that's good. That's there's good. a good there's a good description there, but I can't tell you why. <laughs> I know. I, I know. won't like me for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. leave it unsaid. We all yeah. understand. Exactly. So say, if yeah. you know, you know, like, we'll just leave yeah. it at that. Like, yeah. yeah. I, think, okay. I, think I've, I think I've picked up in our podcast um, an example of that from Boardwalk as well. Um, yes. And, yep. And ben it's a little harder hand- because of the restaurant options, but you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's move swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Question eight. Typhoon Lagoon Bizzard Blair. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. You're Let's fine. Let's try that again. Typhoon Lagoon <laughs> Blizzard Beach or Volcano Bay. Um, so I am one of the odd ones. I will say Blizzard Beach. Um, and part of its nostalgia because it was the first water park of Disney's that I visited. I also really preferred the layout at Blizzard Beach. It seems more logically laid out to me rather than Typhoon Lagoon's kind of all over the place. I mean, they both center around kind of a wave pool, but at the same time, Typhoon Lagoon just has a ton of weird paths and stuff. Where at Blizzard Beach, you can just kind of walk up the mountain and you can you can get to a lot of different things. Or you can go around the backside and experience some of the slides there. And it tends, and maybe it's just my experiences, but it tends to be a little less crowded than the others. Um, and the views from the top of um, Blizzard Beach are spectacular over towards Animal Kingdom. I, I have to go with that one. But honorable mention, Discovery Cove would be high on that list too. And that would be my, one of the few things in Orlando I'd tell you to do as a Disney guy um, to go outside of Disney. It's well worth it. Spectacular experience if you've not done it before. It's on our bucket list. It is on our bucket it's list. It's wonderful. And there's a cheaper option, too. If you don't want to do the dolphin side of things, you can experience almost all of the resort without the dolphin thing. It's substantially yeah. cheaper. And it's a, it's a lovely day out. I've got to say, it is. It is. and food's included. It, it, the sticker price is scary, but at the same time, you get two full meals with it and all the snacks you want all day. So, I mean, it's a pretty good value once you kind of factor everything in, but it's a, it's a high sticker price and it's a little scary at first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question nine galaxy's edge or Diagon alley. So I've not been to Diagon Alley. Um, I've actually not been to Universal. I've been offered tickets to it a few times through an affiliate of mine um, from the official ticket center of Orlando. Um, and honestly, I just didn't take them. Um, it was kind of an affiliate ticket type opportunity. And I've never been a big Universal fan. I don't do roller coasters. Um, I, you guys have seen After Hours. I'm the one who doesn't ride hardly anything unless unless it's like my top ends like flight of passage on that kind of stuff. So there's only so many things that intrigue me. And the Harry Potter stuff is one of the things that would intrigue me about universal, but I don't know how else I'd fill a day. So that's always been kind of a difficult balance for me. Um, one of these days I hope to get to Halloween Horror Nights up there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully next year. <laughs> No. Claire's shaking um, <laughs> her head like, no, don't do that. How can don't you, do how that. Can you, how can you not do roller coasters, but you want to do Halloween Horror Nights? That's like... Well, uh, one's a physical limitation. The other one just scares the pants off of you. Know, like... <laughs> <laughs> so we thought of doing Halloween Horror Nights just so we could like get the short queue lines. See, there no, you go. No, you still wouldn't do it. No, I don't like people jumping out at me. With a with a chainsaw? No. Yeah. No. I could think of worse things to happen. <laughs> Going on that new Get backwards on Hagrid's. <laughs> okay, so question 10. Early morning or late night park visit? <laughs> so if I had to pick one or the other, it would be it would be late night. I'm not much of a morning person. Um I'm normally the person, especially on the photography side of things, I don't edit my photos all that much as far as removing things from them. I know some people do. To me, it's more trouble than it's worth. Um, so I just stay until the brutal hours of after park closes until they kind of ease you out. <laughs> Security is very nice about it, but you can stay at some parks up to two hours after close before they start pushing you pretty hard. 
um, especially at Epcot with all the dining reservations and stuff. So I'm normally it when Disney park hours were normal hours, it was not out of the ordinary for me to leave the park at one thirty or two o'clock in the morning when they're having the really late hours. Um, but it's kind of the nature of what I do. So it kind of comes that way about a fault. But with that being said, on the morning side of things, it was not out of the ordinary for me because I'm not where I'm not local. I kind of try to make the most of it when I'm there um, as far as opportunities, especially when the park hours were longer. I do an early entry day and then I'd switch parks and I'd go as late as they'd let me stay a lot of times. <laughs> so it ended up being some 20 hour days and some 18 hour days. But hey, we, you stock up on pictures real quick that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer that. So I guess it's a double-sided answer, but I guess it is an answer. <laughs> no, I, I, I like that. I think, I, th I think it's something that I'd really love to come back and revisit sort of later in the show as well. Sure, so yeah, sure. we'll, try and get, we'll get through the questions first, and we can always <laughs> come back. Um, where are we? Question 11. Keep the magic or backstage detail? Ooh. Probably the first one. I don't really have a good reason for that, to be honest with you. <laughs> No, that's fine. <laughs> no, that's not a good reason. That's a good. That's a good thing about all the questions. <laughs> that's probably the quickest answer you get out of me. I tend to be long-winded, so <laughs> that might cut some time for you. <laughs> Question twelve: Favorite other podcast or vlogger about Disney? All right, so I hate to fuel this fire, but um, it's it's Mongello's uh, WW Radio. Who's <laughs> a good friend? Um, and. At the same time, he has an excellent podcast. I got to give him credit where credit's due. He's been doing it longer than about anybody, and he's really perfected it over the years. And genuinely, he's a really good guy. Uh, through and through, he's a good person. Uh, he's got a good heart. And once you open, get him to open up a little bit, he's even more so. And he's the same person you see on, you hear on the podcast in person. Uh, happy to call him a friend, and uh, I have to support that. Um, he's excellent at what he does. Yeah, we're, we're a huge fan of Lee. Yeah, Lou's a good guy. Yeah, through and through, through and through. He's the reason I do what I do, legitimately. Uh, he's the one who got me started, so I got to give him credit. <laughs> I think, I think as well. I think for our listeners too, I think it'd be worth pointing out that we found out rather amusing, simply because Colin, on the the latest after hours, was uh, poking fun at uh, Carlos for his response to that particular <laughs> question as well. <laughs> so yeah, if I won't, no spoilers allowed. <laughs> people can go back and actually listen to our previous shows but also uh, catch up on the after hours as well so yeah, there you go there you go there's a conversation that you'll want to overhear <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> we're just looking for reasons to give carlos and jason a hard time in general so you got to expect it Absolutely. <laughs> yes. we're, we're all easy targets all like yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. some people i'm are sure i'll hear easy. about it later today yeah. or whenever this airs <laughs> some people are too easy to wind up Exactly. If they didn't make it so easy, it wouldn't be so fun. <laughs> okay, our final question is on-site or off-site? On-site every time. Um, I've done both, um, and I am a Hilton Honors member, so I will give Hilton credit where credit's due. They have some excellent properties in the, in the area, and I if I do have points, I will stay in them um, just to cut costs. I mean, when you travel quite frequently, this isn't what I do for a living. It's just kind of a secondary thing. Um, so to cut costs, be a reasonable person as far as actually managing how many times that I go to the park each year. Free stays are a huge part of that. I got to give Hilton credit. Um, they have a great loyalty program. I'm not affiliated with Hilton for the record, um, but um, 
they've always treated us well, especially Double Tree at Disney Springs. Some great people there. Um, some that don't know me personally, but you kind of start to recognize some familiar faces after you've been there a few times. Um, but they've got a great, great crew there. Um, but on property is always different. Um, I, you can, and I, I always have an, I have an article about this on my site because I get this question a lot because of the nature of what I do. I'm in the Disney planning space. So it's, it's a very frequent question, especially for friends. Um, and among friends that are asking me like planning their first Disney vacation, is it worth the extra cost to stay on property? Well, my answer is always yes. Cause typically the cost isn't that much different unless you just have a free stay. Um, because I mean, you can stay in a lesser hotel, but if you want equal for equal hotel experience on property versus off, you're going to pay about the same amount of money. Once you factor in all the fees and your transportation costs from the airport and so many different things, you might as well just stay on property if you can. <laughs> um, so I'm always an on property proponent and you get that Disney bubble feel. And I know that's kind of a cliche answer. Uh, but at the same time, it makes sense. Um, you, when once Disney takes over and does all your transportation and things, there's less things to worry about. Um, and I, I have a decent relationship with the company, but they don't sponsor me in any way. They don't sponsor anybody in any way. But so those are both fair answers, unbiased to an extent. Um, but yeah, that, I'm always going to be an on-property guy. Ah, great. That's a really good answer. That and it's, I think it's it, it's for certainly for our, our listeners as well. I think it's something that we're going to cover. In upcoming months too and I, you know i think it's it's interesting hearing it from a, an american perspective as opposed to a british mm -hmm. perspective as well you know and I, I think the more the more we sort of widen that sort of debate and the the discussion i think it's interesting just to add it adds that a bit more detail as well doesn't it right and it's and it's it's different for you all for traveling for a substantial margin. Obviously, everything's going to be more expensive just because of the nature of the distance of the travel and things like that. Um, but this, in many ways, the same holds true as far as on property versus off, because I know it, it's it's a higher dollar amount sometimes. But once you're there, I, I know at least among this group, you're going to be want to probably want to be on Disney property. I mean, if you have the option, I don't I don't think there's going to be many people that are going to choose off by choice. You know what I mean? Like yeah. normally it's people that are looking for a very deep discounted deal. I'm one of them more often than not <laughs> if I'm staying off property. Yeah. Um, but it, if you have the option, stay on property is kind of my always go to answer. Wow. I've been yeah, asked we, that a lot. <laughs> we started off site our first two trips and then mm -hmm. we <clears> did. We, yeah, we stayed and it kind of spoils you. Um, yeah. once you've stayed off property, like if you've not stayed on property, sure. Stay off property. You won't notice much of a difference. Um, but once you start staying on property and you kind of, the comfort factor gets there and the home feel gets there and the transportation stuff just gets so much easier. It, yeah. it spoils you for trying to go back to off property. It, it was it the does. transportation because off site yeah. we'd use like the shuttles, which or, were, mm -hmm. which wasn't very, it's not a great convenient. experience. No, uh, never, never is. Yeah. I've been there. And then we stayed at all star. And mm -hmm. that was like our first experience. It was like, oh, there's Disney buses just every yeah, five, they just 10, show 15 up. minutes. Yeah. It's like, and you don't have to look at a calendar. You don't have to watch yeah. and see when they're going to show up. And yeah. it's great that they offer those services at off-property resorts, especially if it gets more people there um, and it makes it more convenient for them. But I mean, I was when I was staying off-property, I was always using Uber for the most part. But now it's hard to find an Uber in Orlando with the situations that are going on, the health scares and things like that. 
all of them have switched to Uber Uber Eats or um, Grubhub or things like that as far as delivering food so they don't have to carry passengers. because It's a similar cost structure. Um, so it's hard. It's much harder to find an Uber or Lyft than it used to be at Walt Disney World. And I found that out the hard way recently. Yeah. And that's, that's again, that's another really great thing for us to, to pick up on as well because, you know, I know past couple of trips we've been there and we've we've used Lyft and we've used Uber mm-hmm. as as a you know a really easy way into the park and it, yeah it's a good and, supplement yeah. and actually done done the price comparison for a day's parking it surprises you went from a villa and then yeah. you know it's it's there's not a lot of money in it and I, I think Mm-mm. for a lot of British no. people that was that was yeah, Uber adds up fast um, yeah. especially if yeah. you're not used to it or you don't have like the affiliate codes or stuff like that that somebody yeah. has gifted you the five dollars you have like your first <laughs> yeah. ride credits and stuff like that yeah. um, yeah. it it makes it difficult sometimes uh, as yeah. far as making it making ends meet and making the cost factor what it should be as far as discounted <laughs> yeah, absolutely no, no that's great that Now, due to a slight disagreement between us wafflers, we've recently <laughs> added a bonus question to our original set of questions. Uh-oh. So that's not always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Festival of the Lion King or okay. Finding Nemo the Musical? Oh, Festival of the Lion King. That's not even yes! a question for me. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> and it's funny because um, Festival of the Lion King has always been one of my favorite shows. I was a little disappointed when they actually moved the theater, but now it's like identical to what it used to be. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I've never been a huge fan of the Finding Nemo show. I love the movies. Um, and I've actually been the, so the, the gentleman who actually sings, I don't know if he's still the same one who does it currently, but um, he's crush and the go with the flow song. Um, I had, I had a series of pictures that I took from that, show and somehow he picked up on one of them so i got to talk to him and kind of briefly have a conversation with him so that was kind of a cool connection um but still even with that <laughs> they're great folks that will help work that show but i festival of the lion king it's always top of my list and that is why you are my favorite presenter <laughs> on after hours <laughs> wait did they go with finding nemo yeah, really. Remind me to have a conversation with Jason about that. <laughs> yeah, and Colin, that's why you're now off. <laughs> You've been doing so well, there, mate. I'm gonna say that's it. Just felt like a couple ranks. Like, <laughs> I remember the first time we discussed this, and it was an even split between all eight of us. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's- it's very contentious. There's all sorts of, you know, rigging of polls online and things happening. It's... But I mean, it, it's a fair, it's a fair question because at the same time, it's, it kind of points to that thing is that we all go to Disney for something different. We all go for a different experience, a unique experience. And oftentimes those things don't always overlap with the people we travel with or the people we choose to be around. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, People travel differently. People enjoy things differently. And it makes Disney one of the greatest things about what it is. There's so much variety there. Yeah. No, 100% of that. Just imagine the queue line for like Festival Lion King if all of us wanted to go to one that show. <laughs> at, least <laughs> then, day. at least then split between the two. Four or five true. hours at a time. It'd be like Flight of Passage when it opened all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Definitely need the fast pass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. As we mentioned earlier, you're part of the After Hours Let's Talk Disney show on YouTube. We've had both Jason and Carlos on before, 
but we wanted to know what's it like working with them both. Oh no, I got to tread carefully here. Um, <laughs> no, I, my my gut instinct is to give them a hard time, but I've I've got to give them credit where credits due. They're both incredible guys. Um, they're friends that I I have used for a lot of other things beyond just to show recently and um, over the last year, and they've been some of the best friends that I've had in a very long time. To be completely straight up and honest. Um, they make doing the show fun. It's not a chore. It's really something that we enjoy doing each week and we're, that we're blessed to be able to do. Um, it's it, Again, it's like a family. Um, every week it, it grows a little bit, and that's why we always encourage people to share it and join us if you can. Communicate it out to some of your friends because really our goal is just to make it a good community. We don't have any other goals with it. We don't sell anything. We don't do things like that. We do on our own stuff, but this is just something that's fun for us. And it's rare that you can find two people in a Disney space that are as genuine as they are, that are going to tell you up front, that, Hey, it's going to be this way. We're going to be friends about it. We're not going to try to compete with each other. We're just going to enjoy it. We're going to push each other to do better and to promote things that are important to us while also doing something as a group. And sometimes that gets lost in the Disney community and the creator space in a lot of ways. Um, not everybody shares that mentality of if we work together, we can do better. There's a lot of competition um, and it's kind of the nature of the beast, unfortunately. But with us, it's never been an issue and it's really unique and something that I'm happy to be a part of because of that factor. Um, it does feel like a family atmosphere. I mean, Jason's family and Carlos's family are basically like family to me and we treat we all treat each other's family that way. I mean, we spent me and Jason spent a day together in the parks with my family. It was just like, hey, it's just another friend that joins us and. You can't say that about many people in life that you cross paths with, and it's, it's really something fun. Um, and if you are considering watching the show, um, it's every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Do it every week, and we don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Um, hopefully, the community continues to grow. So it is a huge part of all of our lives, and I think we'd all agree on that. They are frustrating at times, so I will give them that. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of the three if you like the three amigos. So yeah, I haven't quite worked out who's, who's lucky. Who's lucky day? Who's dusty bottoms? I'm not sure, but you know that's kind of where my brain goes with the three of you. And it's funny because like people laugh when we're in the parks and stuff together. Because but when you get three people with no filter together doing live shows, there's no telling what's going to happen there. <laughs> and that's the filtered version. <laughs> it's a scary thing. That's what you see. Uh, no, it's all clean, but at the same time, it's like there are things that we don't say <laughs> that we would say to each other. Uh, but it makes it fun and it's enjoyable, and it's just something that we're, we're always happy to be a part of. Yeah, it really shows coming through. Well, I'm glad it does because <laughs> sometimes we look back at it like, oh, we probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all been there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I think as well, and I think this is forgotten about when when you're actually watching it. That you guys, you guys haven't really been together and known each other that long either, have you? No. So, I, again, they're gonna they're gonna crush me for mentioning Lou's <laughs> name again. But so we we all met. So I met Jason before I met Carlos. Um, I met Jason at an event uh, that Lou held in Orlando um, for like entrepreneurship and developing websites and developing your thing that you want to be passionate, that you're passionate about and developing into a business that you love. Um, that's kind of his other thing besides the uh, 
uh, WDW radio stuff. Um, and he's very good at it because he's very encouraging and developing on that side of things. Um, I met Jason there. I had no idea who he was before I stepped in the door that day. Uh, we kind of hit it off as friends. Uh, we had a mutual friend there, um, Lisa Donato Glasner of the Castle Run. Um, real sweet later, one of my best friends in the Disney community. Um, and she kind of introduced me and Jason because she had known Jason from it was a weird like happenstance that they'd known each other like 15, 20 years ago and they could recross paths in the Disney space. And Jason was just getting started with here with the magic then. Um, so we kind of hit it off because with the camera stuff. And then I actually ended up working for Jason's company um, like three days later, which was weird. So there's like a <laughs> huge crossover between a lot of things there. Um, which works out great because it, well, at least I think it does. He may not think it does, <laughs> um, but it's, it's been a fun opportunity. Well, skip scene to the following fall after I had done a presentation at Lou's previous event. Cause it was part of the event. He put you on the spot. You had to do a presentation and, um, I had done a presentation on Pinterest cause I do a lot of my marketing through Pinterest because of the blog traffic and that kind of stuff. Um, so I did a, I was invited by Lou to speak at his momentum event in the fall, which is more of a conference oriented event rather than a retreat oriented event with about 50 people signed up for it. And I met Carlos there after presenting. Um, we were talking about a few things and we kind of hit it off. I didn't know much about Carlos then. And then Jason got to know him really well. And they'd met up a couple of times and cause Carlos is in Miami. So it's a short drive up to Orlando and he's back and forth a lot. So he and Jason had gotten dinner um, so skip scene a little further into the, into the, I guess it was late 2019. That sounds correct. Yeah. Um, we all were going with Lou and Lisa and a bunch of us were going out to social media marketing world in California in San Diego. Um, cause we were going to be, uh, working out there because the group that we work with is, it's based out of San Francisco. So we we're going to be down out in California for that event. And then we we're going to go up to San Francisco. So it kind of all worked out. Well, we decided we are going to go to Disneyland the week before. I'd never been until this year to Disneyland, California. Um, so, Carlos, I get a message from Jason one day. It's like, hey, Carlos is probably going to go with us if we're going to Disneyland ahead of time. How's that sound? I'm like, sounds good to me. More the merrier. He's a nice guy. Um, but we really hit it off as a group that weekend, and we just had an absolute blast. And it was one of those deals where it was no drama. Um yeah. And we've all been in the situation that's the opposite of that, where it's drama all weekend long. It was just fun <laughs> and we enjoyed it. And we kind of came to the table and I had forgotten that I'd said this, but we got back from that trip and I kind of, I guess I sent a message to the guys as a group. It's like, we should do something because we have fun doing this. Um, and maybe we should do a live stream or something like that. Jason still has the text message, which he kind of threw on me on one of our recorded live after hour shows <laughs> um, a few weeks ago. But and we just kind of were like, OK, that sounds like a fun idea and we can promote what we want to promote. Nobody really owns it. So it's just kind of a group effort and it makes it more fun that way. But that's kind of the long story made short. But it's after that. I mean, we've been, only been doing this since ooh, March or April, something like that. It may be even later than that. Uh, I think we were, we're at 20 something shows and on after hours. We've known each other, I mean, in passing at least a year. It, it yeah. doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like that when you when actually. No, it doesn't. <laughs> That's what we've been told by a lot of people. It's like, how it's, long have you guys known each other? I don't yeah, know. Maybe yeah. maybe twelve months. Like, <laughs> no, no. And it sounds like sort of like lifelong friends with yeah. that real 
but that real shared it's, it's a real shared passion for disney amongst all of you and yeah and that's the kicker on it with so much of these things once you get like really dive into the disney space i don't know what it's like in the uk um but at least when you're at like certain events you start crossing paths with people and just kind of like special events that disney holds not like invited events just like villains after yeah. hours or stuff like that where we all go to cover the content and you just end up crossing paths with people and you hit it off with them instantly because you all you immediately have a shared passion for something and Typically, you go one of two directions in the Disney space. Either you're hard to be around <laughs> or you're a wonderful person. So there's kind of a, a mixed bag and you get both. Um, but once you're aware of it, you can pick out the ones that, hey, they really do want to be a part of what you're doing. And they do appreciate what you're doing and respect yeah. it. So Yeah. No, it's certainly, certainly, certainly from from this side of uh, of the Atlantic, that's it's something that I think for I think for us in these current times where we're not allowed to actually mm -hmm. get across to the United States is something that's given us a great deal of solace and a great deal, of, a great deal of sort of a, a yearning to actually get back into the parks and get back to America, get back to Florida. You right. know, and, and I, I can only imagine how that is because I mean, for me today, if I really felt like it, I could get on a plane and fly to Orlando tonight. Yeah, I mean, which is weird. Um, because six months ago that wouldn't have happened. I mean, it was possible, but you would signal a lot of red flags if you did. <laughs> um, yeah. Except, yeah. For, I mean, the parks were closed, but uh, when they were open, I mean, it's different. It's it's very different to travel even stateside right now. Yeah. Um, it's it's tough, um, but thankfully I'm in a demographic where it's not as big of a concern, and I don't have any immediate family that like lives near me that's yeah. going to be vastly affected by it at least not on the the broad end of the spectrum so it's kind of a blessing there that i am still able to travel to an extent to be able to do what i do i think what's um difficult for a lot of us in the uk is that we don't know when the travel ban is going to be lifted so yeah it's like it's always a fear of the unknown it's like when is this going to change i mean i can't imagine being in this that yeah, position we had our august trip postponed to november which is now cancelled and put oh, really next year We'll get, oh. we'll get a hopefully third time oh. lucky. But. In the meantime, we will live vicariously through everybody else. Yep. <laughs> hopefully we can get some good videos and stuff. At least make it feel like you're there. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it needs to get one of the VR headsets. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. What, Oculus yeah. Quest 2 just it? came out, I believe. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer. Mm. It helps. It helps a lot. Yeah. Can I ask, can I ask you a question as well? Because actually, I think... The after hours crew have been sort of they've been they've been quite highly plugged by us as a, as a, as a podcast, but <laughs> you actually start you actually started out in a completely different format and and this fascinates me because I'm I'm a writer I'm a photographer and the whole bit about guide for WDW and starting off as a website and a blog and got moving on from there. Mm -hmm. See, in in this current climate, everyone seems to go to YouTube and just put content on YouTube and see what yeah. happens. Um, but you went you went a different route, you know. And, so, and yeah, and it was it was almost an odd route, really. Um, and I didn't think it would ever become anything. To be quite honest with you, um, I'm still not convinced it has become anything. But but we'll see going forward. Uh, it kind of grows a little bit every year. Uh, but. Originally, I started out kind of my journey in the Disney space. I wrote a, a very small book called The Adventure's Guide to Walt Disney World, which was this very basic guidebook, intentionally so, so that if it, anybody who picked it up could kind of 
flip through it, find out what you needed to find out and just kind of move on. Cause a lot, I had found that a lot of guidebooks were kind of word vomit for somebody that's not been to Disney world before. It's just really intimidating. So I wanted something simple. Um, Honestly, I fought with a variety of different publishers and I got a lot of kickback. As with anything, if you're in the writing space, you realize it's not easy to get anything published, especially in this day and age. Um, so I fought with it for quite some time and decided I was just going to publish it myself. Um, used it through an, an actual previous. I don't even know if it still exists. Amazon had a an option where you can independently publish on their platform. Yeah. Um, so I went through that. And with Lou's help, he kind of said, he came to me one day because I had sent him an email when I was frustrated about some of these like publishers. Like, this is really annoying. Like when you get it kicked back to you a bunch of times and it's like, he sent me something that I'll, I'll always remember. And I've, I've told him this before and it makes him cry every time, <laughs> but um, he sent me a, a message. It was basically, if you believe in it, keep trying it or find another way to make it happen because you never know what it'll lead to. Even if people don't buy it in hordes at the same time, you're going to do something that's going to push you into doing something else. And I didn't necessarily believe him, but it was what I needed to hear in that moment. Um, and it really pushed me to keep going. Cause I mean, honestly, I was a sophomore in college. Um, so I didn't have an idea of what I was going to do next or what I wanted to do next. So I was just like, I need to do something because I knew I wanted to do something that I enjoyed every day um, and try to make it into something that I did every day as my actual job. And I'm not there yet. I don't know if I'll ever get there, but it's always a work in progress and it's getting closer each day. Um, but yeah, the book kind of transitioned into the website and the website has actually had two iterations. Um, the first was very simple. It was more of just a typical blog site. Now I've kind of further developed it in the last year and a half or so um, into uh, not only a store, but also a print shop where people can order photos. Unfortunately, not to the UK because my printer doesn't support it. I'm trying. <laughs> um, but um so that's where I kind of got into the photography side of things. So I wanted a differentiating factor. I always really respected Tom Bricker and what he does with um, Disney Tourist Blog and how in-depth some of his articles were. So I made, I made a transition from doing an article every single day to doing one about once or twice a week at most, but developing things in much greater depth than I used to. Um, I used to do some news stuff. I used to do some just like one-off top five articles and stuff like that. Now I'm trying to push more in-depth content. The views aren't the same, but I think it helps people more. And at the end of the day, that's more important to me. Um, and it shows at this times like this, that it's like, it's not about any number on the, on the piece of paper. It's just what, what resonates with people and what people need to hear and what people need in their lives. Um, and for me, that's more important um, at the end of the day. So that's kind of where I am now. Uh, I don't push a lot of stuff on my site beyond um, the store recently, because that was a new thing for me. I'm getting into video yeah. a bit more. Um, obviously, with After Hours, that's a thing for us now, too. But I don't ride as much as I used to, um, to be honest. Um, this year's been a, an odd one for me, um, yeah. because it is not even on the Disney side, but on the personal side thing of things, too. So it's just been kind of shelved on the writing. But I'm enjoying video more than I ever have. I'm getting more comfortable with it than I ever have. And I think people... The community starting to grow as a result of it. And to me, the community is more important than any, any page views. Um, yeah. Disney may not agree, <laughs> but I don't really care. Um, it's just something fun. Um, and I think it's going to work out better over time that way. Yeah. Can I, can I just push something back at you? Because actually, yeah. I think your website and your blog, it, it actually, at this moment in time, you know, I, was, I, I, I told you I'd done my homework for the, for the show. <laughs> um, 
But there's the, the most beautiful bit of writing, and, and I know I'm, I hate people reading my words back at me. Oh, that's fine. But, but do, do, do forgive me, because I think How this is something that I think it really epitomizes what everything that we are as a show and everybody who listens to us, I, I hope it resonates with them. But this is, this is, this is from, from your, web, uh, your, your most recent blog. It's, it's easy to forget while we walk down Main Street time and time again. We step through the gates, scan our ticket, crowd around our friends and loved ones, and we step under the train station because those are the moments that you never forget. It's not the place, it's not the attractions, it's not any particular show. It's all about the simple joy of standing, smiling, laughing, making jokes, and ultimately creating memories with those people we care about more than anything. And that, when you read it back, is just such a powerful statement. In, uh, in these for times, me, it's just it like, really, that's, that's really what heavy. it is. That's why we do it. That's why we do any of this. I mean, yeah. there's no other company like it, and there's no other experience quite like it. And yeah. kind of my thing is just to try to get people to realize that there's more to it than attractions. There's yeah. more to it than what you see at face value. And there's more to it than what Disney pushes in an advertisement. And for me, that's more important to convey. It's not going to be the things that are going to get clicks. It's not going to be the things that are going to be popular per se. I hate to use that word because it doesn't make sense necessarily. But the stuff that resonates with people and the people that you want to connect with are the things like that. And I don't want, I'm not tooting my own horn at all. I honestly don't even remember that I wrote that, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's just kind of how my old school brain works. And I've gotten into that more recently at the urging of some of my friends because they've heard me talk about this stuff, but I rarely wrote about it. And when I started writing about it, people seemed to resonate with them. And it seemed to be things that they, they missed about the parks today. And Everybody always asks me about some of the other content that I have on my site that's not necessarily Disney, but it has a little bit of Disney base into it. And um, I just do it because oftentimes it's what people want to hear. It's what people need to hear. And if they realize it or not, um, especially if you're going to Disney for the first time, take a step back. Enjoy it. Just enjoy the moments that you're there with the people you care the most about. That's what matters, at least to me. Some people may go for attractions, but I know at least probably within this group, Many of us are going back for the memories that we've created with people that we care about. Yeah. Um, and so often that gets overlooked or at least pushed to the back burner while you're jumping from attraction to attraction to attraction. Slow down. Enjoy it. Just pre appreciate the moments. It makes a huge difference, at least in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. well, what do I know? <laughs> sure. I have to admit, we, we were lucky enough to go to DLP a few months ago and just walking back into the Disney space. It hits you. It really it, does. It really yeah. does. It was we walked into studios which is probably a quarter of a park at the minute with so much mm -hmm. construction and everything and just you hear the music and it's just we burst into tears just that we felt like we were back home yeah and it's a transformative experience and it's it's one of the hardest things that i've dealt with in the disney space is trying to convey that to someone especially because i have a lot of first-time people that view my site especially the pinterest audience a lot of it's um, mothers and fathers planning trips for their kids. And if they've not been before, it's so hard to wrap your mind around. But once you get it, you get it. And immediately you have a connection with somebody that understands. Um, and you kind of never forget it once you kind of have that I get it moment. 
I said I'd get it a lot in the last few sentences there, but uh, but it makes sense. Uh, I mean, I can talk about that with you all because you get it and you understand. And it's, it's a feeling more than it is an experience. Uh, I think that's I think, probably the best way I can put it. I think you're right. And that's that's one of the things that people, you know, when you have that eye roll from other people who say, oh, you're going mm -hmm. on holiday again to, uh, you go, oh, I'd go to Disney again. Oh, oh, don't you want to go somewhere else? Yeah. No, I don't. Food, because when I feel like that. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't because I, that, yeah, I don't feel, feel like that anywhere over. else. Yeah. yeah. So, exactly. uh, and you can't always articulate that. Not certainly not as eloquently as you do. Um, so <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> well, thank to try you. Me. I don't know if I agree, but, <laughs> but I try sometimes. Uh, but, no, but yeah, it is, it's, it's an amazing feeling when you get somebody that's done that to you your whole life and then they go for the first time and they come back. It's like, oh, I get it now. I get it. Or you, yeah. it's even better if you can see it. If you if you happen to be able to go with them to the parks and you have that moment where they're say maybe they're they've got their kid with them or they've got their best friend with them or they've got a family member with them and they're staring up at the fireworks while happily ever after goes off and you can see it in their face uh, immediately when it happens and it's one of the things you don't forget when someone you see that in somebody else because um, you realize they just figured it out they they realize why we do what we do um, and so mm -hmm. often it's easily to overlook but. It's why so many of us go back and that's why why people look at me like i'm crazy for going back during all of this it's like uh -huh. it feels like home to me I, I can't i mean some people it's i play golf some people that show up on the golf course like that's how it feels for them when they show up there um it's their escape and i think that's important that everybody has that and it's it's hard to explain but once you get it you get it yeah, John, I'm feeling a golfing trip coming on. No, no. Hey, I'm, I'm you need like, that excuse. Better than me. Uh, probably not. <laughs> not likely. Not yeah. likely. I turn up at a golf course and I'm quite glad that you get to the 18th and it's just like, you know, get a calculator out to try and guess, guess what your score yeah. is. Is it under 100? Is it under 100? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds oh, yeah, like my golfing go. abilities. That's yeah, funny, though, because we're, we're trying to get Carlos and Jason to do a um, – we're trying to do something for After Hours yeah. to do kind of a golfing video. Cause neither oh. one of them have misstepped on the golf course, I don't think. Carlos might have been oh. once. Um, he's played golf you. before. Jason doesn't play, but he's always wanted to see the Disney courses. I've played one of them once. It's just a spectacular experience. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. You've got to make them dress properly as well, you know. Oh like, yeah. Oh, Disney won't let you play if you don't. <laughs> gotta be. I, I, you know what? I'll dress up and watch it dressed there up. Go. There you go. I like it. Sounds Maybe like Jason could do it for a lunch break. Yeah, we just need to stream the whole day. I think yeah. it'd be hilarious. You'd laugh at my golf swing a lot, probably. But <laughs> I think that'd be brilliant. Not a golf that'd expert, so I wouldn't know if you were doing it right. <laughs> Well, that's a good thing about golf. Very few people are actually good at it. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Come on, who's going next? Guy, I'm, I'm really. I'm just, okay. I'm just where I keep asking you questions. Okay, I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to go for this I one. To, I need to shut up and let other people ask questions. Too, that's know. all right, John. <laughs> After 18 right. months, I think we would sort of. I know, but it's just, it fascinates me because there's, there's so, there's, there is a real link here. And I, you know, I said about the right. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would also, I, I do want to ask you about your photography because sure. photography in itself is, you know, I think you mentioned it in the, the carousel of questions. That, and this this is the bit that really gets me is the fact that you don't edit your pictures. 
you you actually what you see is what you get you might take what i try um I mean, sometimes I'll do some adventures edits just for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, but I don't do any aggressive Photoshop editing. I, mm -hmm. Everything I do is in Lightroom. If you know Lightroom platform, it doesn't allow for that. It's basically yeah. color correction, um, HDR layering, that kind of stuff to kind of replicate what you see in person or your vision of what it should look like in person. Yeah. Um, and that's about as far as I go for most of my edits. Every once in a while, you'll see me like add a space background or something like that to like a Space Mountain shot or a Tomorrowland or something like that, just to give it a little something extra and kind of uh, get it shared a little bit more. Uh, yeah. I mean, all of us are notorious for doing some of that kind of stuff just to <laughs> kind of get it out there a little bit sometimes and set yourself apart a little bit. But no, for photography, photography for me started, I think it's been a couple of years now, maybe three years, two, two, three years, something like that. And I started very basic intentionally. Uh, it was just a very basic Nikon DSLR. I didn't know if I'd be any good at it. I didn't know if I'd enjoy it. I just wanted to try it. Um, I ended up falling in love with it. Uh, really enjoy it probably more than anything I do right now. Um, and I kind of, I switched over to Sony and it's been kind of history since then I switched to Sony last year and it's opened up a lot of doors for me from video. It's actually the camera that this is recorded on too. Um, but, uh, so often for photography, for me, it's a way to set the scene and show people that again, going back to the same thing that I've talked about here a couple times, it's, it's developing that experience. And oftentimes people ask me, how do you get parks photos that are completely empty? Well, stick around and you'll feel something that you've never experienced at Walt Disney world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hang around after park close. It's a different feeling. And it's an experience that most people don't have. And after I kind of got it, really what sold me on it is I spent an, uh, an evening at magic kingdom and the park had closed at like 10 o'clock. It wasn't a super late one. And I stayed until about midnight roughly. Cause it was a really slow closing night. I don't know what the deal was, but they weren't pushing you out very quick. Um, and magic kingdom tends to do that sometimes. Um, but when you stand in the train station, there's only a few people left in the park. It kind of captures you on the photography side of things. Cause if you're, yeah. if you're shooting it with the, with the phone or something like that, it's fine. But when you're doing long exposures or you're doing uh, tripod work with a with a DSLR or a mirrorless camera, and you can actually capture the moment in a different way. Um, for me, it kind of stuck out, and it, it felt like something that was more authentic than what I could capture with an iPhone or something that wouldn't really capture the imagination as much. Yeah, um, I've always been kind of an artistic person by nature, but I was never a big and good at like drawing and stuff like that. So I guess this is kind of my creative outlook. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm a little too OCD to draw for the most part. So I, I just try to do this and it, it makes something that's fun for me. Um, I don't dump a ton of money into it. Like some people do. I typically go through the parks with a very basic setup. Um, basics relative though. Um, a lot of people ask me this question, so I will admit this. Um, I do use a Sony a seven three, um, and typically the Tamron lens lineup. Um, at the moment I'm only using one lens, uh, Tamron twenty seventy five. Uh, 2.8. Um, a lot of people don't believe me on that, but I promise you that's the only one I have in my bag. And you can ask Jason and Carlos because they will back me up on that because uh, they've seen me do it in Disneyland. But I've gone much simpler than I used to. Um, yeah. I'm also the crazy person with the tripod in the bag most of the time when I'm in the parks. So if you see some guy that looks like a turtle with a backpack with a tripod sticking out, it's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> me or one of my friends in Orlando, it's likely. Uh, but no, it it's a creative outlook more than anything. And I think it helps set the scene for people.
that's fab because I, I think as well and i think this is this is something that you know i i always search for the perfect picture yeah, I haven't got. The I'll perfect. never find it. No, I've never got the perfect camera to take the perfect picture. But I just love taking photographs. It's fun, and, and, it's, and, and it gets addictive too. Yeah, yeah. And I, but the thing is, I won't ever edit them. I won't. I won't play with. Them. I just. That's just what like I, that's what I saw on the night, and that's yeah. That to me, is something oh. that lives lives in the mind forever. And you know, again, it's it's capturing those memories, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah, about the most aggressive that I'll go on edits. And I say I don't edit things that aggressively. Some people may disagree with that. They do shoot everything in raw file yeah. format. So it's very basic when it comes out of the camera. But your theoretical goal with raw photos is bring them back to what they were when you saw them. Yeah. Um, it's a if For those that don't know, it's a very bland image when it comes out of the camera, intentionally so compared to JPEG, because there's no color correction inside the body. Um, it lets you do that yourself. Um, so I throw it in Lightroom and play with it. So I don't know if that counts as aggressive editing or not, but my goal is not to be over the top. Um, I might overexpose some things intentionally just to add some dimension to photos. But for me, it's it's about recreating the experience. Like you said, um, it's just fun at the end of the yeah. day. And it's it's resharing a moment that's maybe somebody sitting next to you has never gotten to experience that you can share with them for the first time. I think that's it's one of the photos of your illuminations that I'm really impressed with. We never really? Know, right? Yeah. Is that the one from the Japan Pavilion? It is, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Jason was actually with me that night, and he, he's proud of that. <laughs> he was standing next to me that night. And if you guys watched the show After Hours, um, Sarah Sarah, and Jeremy Goff, right, uh, we met up with them literally seconds after that photo was taken. So it was a uh, fun fact on that one. It is one of the last showings of illuminations. That's not just a publicity stunt on my part. <laughs> it was one of the last couple nights. So it was, it was a little bit neat, a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks for that. Well, sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. After all the discussion from Carlos's guests for dinner. Oh, no. Um, I thought we'd offer you the chance to share your list. Yeah, so they're going to play it back probably next week's after hours. So here's the um, full question. So imagine you're hosting a dinner party. You can have you have one guest of honor already assigned, which is Walt Disney. Mm -hmm. You can invite five others to the meal to enjoy. Those guests can be any character within parks, films, um, so any Disney World, so MCU, Star Wars, Pixar any cast member or Disney personnel employee, dead or alive. So who is on your list? So I'm going to get in trouble if I don't say Carlos and Jason first. And I'm not going to put a caveat there because <laughs> that's not on the list of options. So, <laughs> so I, will, I will backtrack on that. But um, as far as what people that I'd love to meet in the Disney community, um, I'm not putting Bob Chapek on that list. I have mixed feelings about him, to be completely honest with you. Um, I... I, it's a short list for me, realistically. Um, a lot of it would be friends. Um, another part of it would be Richard Sherman. Um, I've always wanted to meet him. He's always been kind of one of my go-to folks that I would I would love to meet and just have a conversation with because the way he tells stories. Um, Tom Nappy would probably be there. I apologize if I butchered his name, but if you don't know that story, he worked on uh, at Disneyland as one of the first day cast members. He actually was selling newspapers at 13 or 14 years old when Walt Disney gave him a job. He worked with the company for, I believe, 40 plus years after that and ended at Walt Disney World. Um, and he's one of the members of, I believe it's called Club 55, that were like very early day and potentially day one um, employees at Disneyland. 
Um, obviously, there are some that have recently passed as well. Um, I know so many of like the Disney legends that I'd love to meet. Um, Bob Gurr is still around, thankfully. Um, he seems like such a class act of a human being. He'd have to be on that list. I don't even know what number I'm at now. That may be, is that four, <laughs> three? Um, but so it, it's weird. Um, at one point, I would have said John Lasseter. Um, I know his image has been kind of tainted to an extent, but he's still a kid at heart, in my opinion. And he still seems like a genuine guy. Um, so John Lasseter would probably be on that list. And honestly, I don't know who the fifth one would be. Um, possibly one of the cockerels um dan or uh i forget his son's name lee. i just completely blanked out yeah uh his, his dad's name there you go yeah. lee lee cockerel um they're good people um and they have a good disney backstory um and so it probably be something in that along those lines it would probably if i really had some time to think about it, it would probably develop more than that but that's that's probably what i'd go with i had lee cockerel on my list he was yeah. a, he was at my dinner table yeah uh, oh, okay. I'm going to add one to that list. I don't know if he still counts as a Disney employee, but he was at one point and it would be Duncan Wardle. I don't know if you guys know about Duncan Wardle, uh, VP of creativity for Walt Disney Company for quite some time. Um, I've been able to see him present in person on his in uh, innovation and creativity um, speech at Social Media Marketing World. And he is a very, very class act human being um, and an incredible person. Uh, some of the stuff he got to do at Disney, I'd love to learn from. Um, especially mm -hmm. from the marketing side of things, because that's what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, just picking his brain and seeing the way he thinks through things is just incredible to me. Um, but he's a very, very genuine person as well. So that's, that's probably what I'd have to go with. I'm probably going to catch crap for that from Jason and Carlos for some for some reason or another. That's not the right list. Because <laughs> it's well, not their list. <laughs> so I think it's Jason the option for serving the food. Well, do you know what? I was going to say maybe Carlos could serve and Jason could clear. There you go. I need to probably throw that on Carlos. <laughs> yeah. I think you might have just demoted Jason, Claire. <laughs> I oh, don't well. know. Jason wasn't thrilled that he had to serve everybody. Was no. <laughs> he still picking up the tab? Yeah, he's doing the washing course, up. If Jason's now. going. He usually is picking up the tab. <laughs> I give him a hard time about it. He never lets anybody pay. <laughs> I'm I'm very surprised when we spoke to Carlos that Jessica Rabbit was not on his list. I am shocked too. You and me too. Me, me and you both, buddy. I mean, <laughs> I remember when Claire told me the question like the day before recording, and it was like, oh, it's going to be on there. Yeah, it's going to be on there. <laughs> Gonna be, it's either be. that or Tinkerbell, but don't get him started on those two. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I mean, your your list sounds like a, a properly intellectual dinner party. It sounds like you know, uh, fall, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't this, this is not just a, a frivolous you know quick well, dinner no, out. This is this is not missing up the opportunity to learn and to uh, to get some some useful information. Yeah. I loved your list. Yeah, and if they, I could add, I mean, if I could go back and like bring people back, it'd probably be like Jim Henson and some folks like that. That would yeah, just be yeah. really unique to see the creative minds at work for me. And that's kind of how it all is. I, by nature, I love to hear about creativity. I don't know why, but something about it kind of resonates with me. Definitely, Joe Rody was on my list. Oh, that's a good that's, one. That's yeah. a good one. I've never gotten to meet him. Um, I've been in the park with him at the same time. I've never been able to actually meet up with him it seems like every time it's like ships passing in the night and somehow i can't can't get a moment to like say hello or have him sign something or something but um, we missed it a couple of years ago i think it was was it the year of the 20th 
Animal right. Kingdom. Do you remember the twentieth anniversary of Animal Kingdom? Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. There was a mm-hmm. um event where he was it was dined with an Imagineer and he oh. in Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. We were there like a month later. Oh. And it was happening. So it was like, no. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's always the way. he seems like such a creative individual and obviously just from what he does, but he's incredibly smart too. Um just absolutely mind blowing. Some of the things that he's been able to develop and see mm-hmm. over the years. And if I could have his travel lifestyle, I'd probably do it in a heartbeat. Not right now, but like in the past or in the future, <laughs> um, it would be spectacular to be able to visit some of the incredible places he's been. I mean, from a photography perspective, to imagine uh, just the level of places he's been. I can't even begin to wonder about it. <laughs> be like yeah. a National Geographic episode every time you travel. Like, That'd be an interesting Disney Plus thing to put on there. There you go. Yeah. Disney, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> if you need somebody that's going to volunteer for that. <laughs> well, I think we'd all happily do that. Yeah. <laughs> Following in the steps of Joe. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. There we, we've got the title and everything. We're sorted. Exactly. We've got this out. Just just sign yeah. us up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a horde following Joe Rody. It's all, all it would be. Just a mass gathering everywhere you went. <laughs> Well, anyway, we, I think. we didn't even tag him in, into it. We could just go. They could just pay for us to go around the world, <laughs> take photographs of the places he's previously been. <laughs> it's true. He doesn't even have to be there. <laughs> he can just imagine near the future, and we'll just look in the past and take pictures of it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to keep the fic- pictures, Disney. You can have them. Just, just yeah. let me go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a particular um, place in Walt Disney World that's your favourite to photograph? Oh, um, so I have kind of a blanket answer for this, um, and it's probably going to be at Crescent Lake, uh, Boardwalk Yacht Club, Beach Club, Swan and Dolphin, uh, and then the Epcot Corner on that back side. Um, just because there are so many unique photo opportunities there. You can visit it hundreds of different times and always come away with something different or something that you've never tried before. Um, Another one for me is probably Wilderness Lodge. I mean, I've been through that resort hundreds of times, and it's just every time you find something new, you find a tucked away spot, you find something unique, you find something that you want to take a photo of or you show up at a different time of day, you have a sunset, you have a sunrise, you have so many options, and both of those locations are that way. Um, World Showcase is another one. Um, there's so many perspectives, um, especially when they're doing firework shows. I mean, you can shoot the same firework show from seven different places and get seven different results by a drastic margin, yeah. um, especially with all the countries. But I know it's a three-part answer, but I think it answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is there anywhere that you've gone that you thought you would go and take some amazing photographs and then that hasn't quite worked out that you you've been disappointed by the ability to to get the shots that you want? So there are some select locations in the park that it's near impossible, which has always been kind of an an issue for me. Um, One of them I've gotten better at, but it's still incredibly difficult um, is Peter Pan's flight. Um, because of the lighting in that building, it's incredibly difficult for photography. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a hidden hidden challenge among photographers in the Disney space, including Disney's own photographers, because unless the ride's stationary for a certain amount of time, you don't have the enough light to expose the scene properly. Yeah. Um, and you're fighting really high ISO values, which gets, which gets difficult very quickly to get any kind of resemblance of a sharp image. Um, 
there are others um like for me one of the coveted show photos i'd like to have and i'm running out of time to get is the top of splash mountain coming down the hill previously i didn't have a water sealed camera so it was always very very difficult not to ruin a camera in the process yeah. thankfully the sony <laughs> is sealed um <laughs> but you still have to have a sealed lens on top of that and to get a lens that's wide enough and sealed it's very very expensive unless you rent one um so that's kind of a coveted shot. Uh, but as far as locations go, one place I thought I'd get better photos and I actually struggled with it immensely uh, was the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Diego, uh, San Francisco. Sorry. Uh, it's in a spectacular space, but it's very difficult to, photo to photograph because of the layout of the land, um, especially outside the building because it sits just below the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm. Well, it's just far enough away that it's hard to get both the building and the Golden Gate Bridge in the same photos and to convey the scene in a proper way. Somebody's probably done it much better than I have, um, but I did struggle with that. And inside the lighting's kind of unique in that obviously you're not going to use flash in a situation like that for obvious reasons. I don't use flash at all because I think it's disruptive, um, but it is really difficult. So some of the lighting scenes, they've got low light in certain areas because I believe some of the documents are starting to fade and other things like that. And you don't want to disrupt the experience for people either because it is kind of a place where people go through at their own pace. It is technically a museum. Um, so like when I did, I did a video of the diorama in there of the parks. I always felt, I felt we were doing that. We were one of the only people in there. Um, but it, it's, it's difficult because the way it's all laid out, um, it's a spectacular experience, but it's near impossible to convey to somebody without being there. And I think that's something the museum themselves probably struggles with trying to portray to people what it's like to get people to come to San Francisco to visit it. Um, there's many reasons to go to San Francisco, but um, where it's not next to a Disney park, it's really difficult. Mm. Uh, Interestingly, I'm go we're going next summer. So that's that's our plan is it's uh, a spectacular to experience. But notice it when you pull up, though, it's very, very <laughs> difficult to photograph very difficult to set the stage the only yeah. person i've seen do it well was jason with this 360 video because he's got one from the presidio area um, but you can look anywhere then um, yeah. so it's kind of you don't have to set the scene as much you just kind of set up and you have good things in range and it works out better um, but for me it's very very difficult some people may not find it near as challenging but i struggled with it yeah i'm looking forward to going i'm looking forward to we're going to stay it. at presidio and and Absolutely spend a couple right of days there. and Make yeah. sure to walk through Lucasfilm. Just don't get caught. <laughs> ah, okay. Don't try to go into the buildings. Just, just kind of wander around. They they don't care, but <laughs> don't try to go in. <laughs> Is that from experience you're saying? No, thankfully. It might have been for Jason, though. <laughs> but no, it's a spectacular area. You'll love it. You'll yeah. absolutely love it. I can't wait. And then Disneyland straight afterwards. So, yeah. Go, and mm -hmm. go back. I've been to Disneyland once when I was a, a teenager, so uh, the rest of my family haven't been. So it's a case of uh, going and right. experiencing DCA because I haven't. It, Disney California Adventure wasn't there when I went previously, mm -hmm. so it, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think it's that I've had some good advice about things mm -hmm. to see and things to do. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm looking it's forward a to it. Hopefully, experience. if we're allowed to travel, Especially if you're used to world. Yeah. Mm. Our plan B, if we're not allowed to go to California or Hawaii, is to go to Orlando for three weeks. So there you go. I might cross That'll paths do. then. I'm normally there every three weeks. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. how it seems to work out sometimes. 
Just got to make 2021 a lot better than 2020. There you it go. won't be hard. That won't be hard to do, though. No, no, <laughs> it depends how long this COVID sticks that's around. True. Um, that's true. That's true. All going well, we'll be there twice next year. Hopefully. To make up for keep, this year. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. That's what we need. We need yeah. that positivity to just Definitely. see us totally through into 2021 and then to actually see us all back and being able mm-hmm. to get across to the, to the United States and... You know, it's yeah, it will be different for a short, for a period of time. But I've got to say, I think I think I've, I've said this to loads of people. It's just I am so in awe of anybody at the moment who's actually able to get into a Disney park. Yeah. And, because, and it's yeah. hard to convey um, because in reality, it is a different experience. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie to people about that. It's still a magical experience, though. And that's the question I keep getting asked. It's like, you've been once, you're going to go twice, you're going to go probably a third time here soon. Um, everybody asks, is, is it the same experience? Well, the honest answer is no, it's not. It's not going to be. I mean, yeah. step out your doorstep. It's not the same experience anywhere. Yeah. Um, but it's still a lovely experience. It's a spectacular experience and it's different. Um, in many ways, it's a good experience to have because you can look back on it and you remember it for something different than what it was and the experience that you had that was kind of an escape from what you had to deal with every day. Um, and I think that's important. I think it's something that people overlook. Um, for me personally, um, obviously, I'm not going to encourage anybody to go if you have family or things that are going to be disruptive when you return. Um, if you have the ability to go and it's safe for you to go or it's potentially safe for you to go and you feel comfortable with it, I highly recommend it. Um, obviously, for you all, it's not a huge choice. <laughs> I mean, you don't really have that option. But when you get back and you will get back, um, it'll be that much better. It'll be that much more of a positive experience and you'll want to be there that much more. Um, and that's how it was for me when I went back in August. I mean, I was going once a week for every month of almost last year. Um, and you go six months without it, you appreciate it a lot more. Even if you do have to wear a mask in 90 degree heat, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's still pleasant and it's still yeah. spectacular. And I don't, I don't foresee that changing for Disney in the, in the future. They're not going to allow it to get to such an unfortunate experience that people no longer enjoy it. Um, but I think it's important and important to note and important to share that it is a good experience still. Yeah. I think that's why I've extended the, um, sort of park reservation systems 2022 mm-hmm. yeah honestly i don't i don't i hate to spread any kind of rumor but i don't see that going away disney's been able to do it and now they're going to require it because it allows them to see crowds better <laughs> it's a benefit it's a huge benefit to them in yeah. the long run yeah. they've been saying the past few years that they want to be mm-hmm. able to manage the crowds better exactly and now they have the ultimate excuse <laughs> to keep yeah. it around and people will get used to it and they'll forget about it and then they'll it'll never go away again um unfortunately i think the availability will go up drastically um which will be much similar to what the old experience was um but yeah i don't i don't foresee the reservations going away sadly <laughs> So I've got another question for you, Colin. Earlier on, you mentioned your love for Maelstrom um, mm-hmm. and slight irritation, perhaps, with uh, Frozen intruding into Norway. What's, what's your view on other um, IPs that are disappearing into Epcot and, and various, you know, I, I think the, the one that we all laugh about is Beauty and the Beast sing-along, but other than that, you know... <laughs> Don't get Jason started on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, but in terms of things like Coco in Mexico, what, what do you think yeah. about the introduction um, of things that were, so, were not traditionally there? 
So at first, I was one of the people that did not like it. Um, I actually was kind of dead set against it for a very long time, and I was pretty vocal about being dead set against it. Because to me, that's not the Epcot experience. That's not what it was designed for. That's not what it was supposed to be. That's not how it was. But I am starting to shift, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's a generational thing. Um, and that's an odd way to say that. But if you think about it, there's a generation of folks that are coming into these parks each day that if they, if they don't have a connection with the park, they're not going to go to the park. Um, they're going to go to Magic Kingdom. They're going to go to Hollywood Studios because you've got Star Wars. You've got the great, latest and greatest movies. You've got things that kids are going to relate to. Um, for Disney, that makes sense. Um, if you want to put it in Epcot, as long as it's done tastefully, I don't care anymore, really. Because what I've seen them do is retain a bit of culture with the experience and a storytelling atmosphere that has exceeded my expectations. And as I've always said, I do try to trust Imagineering the best I can. They've never gone really off the rails and done something that I've been really upset about. I mean, Pandora was a little odd, but see, they made it work. Um, and I can kind of fall into a similar line of thought with this. Um, it could be great. Um, it opens up a lot of door for opportunities for new attractions, new technologies, and new things like that. Will it be authentic to the original Epcot experience? No, <laughs> not in my opinion. But at the same time, we got to learn. We got to do new things. We got to try new things. And if it keeps guests coming and it keeps that park doing really, really well and developing and innovating as a park, I'm all for it. Because let's be honest, Epcot was getting dated. <laughs> and certain aspects of it needed change, even if we all hate that at heart, because we're all nostalgics. But um, <laughs> change happens. Um, it's hard for many of us to deal with it, but it happens. And it's important that it kind of gets recognized over time. It's odd, isn't it? It's that juxtaposition of I want it to be as it was, right. but then recognize that actually, you know, 1990s Epcot is not all that. And it, whilst in my mind, it's this wonderful right. place. It's Actually, this spectacular thing that we all remember, at least concrete. for me, of my childhood. And it's like, I remember like certain things about the experience that I'd love to experience today. But then when you really, really think about it, you enjoyed it for different reasons than what you would today. Um, you'd enjoy it for nostalgic reasons today. You enjoyed it then because it was cool and it was unique and it was fun. Um, and so much of that, I think, gets lost in people's minds of nostalgia, including myself. I don't take myself out of that at all. Um, cause I'm probably the biggest defender of nostalgia. Um, but again, I, I, would, I would add myself in there as well, Colin. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's different. There's things that, I mean, we remember it for a different reason. And if we take a moment to realize why we remember it, oftentimes it goes back to what I always tend to say. It's about the memories and the people you spent the time with and mm -hmm. those things that you can may not long, may, may no longer be able to do. Um, you can create new memories and I think that's important to recognize. Yeah, and I, th and I think as well, I think for a lot of us, it's change can be good. Mm -hmm. and I We're think all that, hesitant to it by nature, but it can yeah, be very, yeah. very good. Yeah. And, and equally, you know, I think we've, I think we've, I think we've all seen change for change's sake in some parts of Disney, and it's frustrated an mm -hmm. awful lot of us because because you're actually looking at it and you're thinking, actually, you've not you've not done the job that you actually really set out to do there, and 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 I'm really fearful. I'm, I'm you know. As an, an Epcot fan, I'm really fearful within the cost cutting that is mm -hmm. bound to happen. You know, due to you know, due to all the plans that were announced at D23, and they were very elaborate to begin with. <laughs> absolutely incredible. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and you look back, we're not, we're only looking back just over a year. Mm-hmm. And yet you're now thinking that it's these- going to look vastly different than the concept art they put out. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. and, and when Disney don't do it properly, I think it, I think, I think we as, as great sort of lovers of the parks, mm-hmm. we look at it and think, oh, you know, if you don't, if you'd only just maybe just spent that little bit more, it would have been mm-hmm. better, you know, so what do, what do you think Epcot would end up looking like? That's, that's a really good question because uh, we it's weird to me. Um, so they have cut a lot of things and they've done it quietly. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially even if you go into the Epcot experience, it's not the same video that you saw six, eight months ago. And yeah. they've cut pieces of it out intentionally because they're not going to happen anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. My biggest disappointment is that they're not going to do anything in the United Kingdom Pavilion. Yeah. Um, which I know you guys are probably disappointed about it too. Yeah. I love Mary Poppins idea yeah. that they had there of integrating that there. Cause I, it forces people to the back of that pavilion because it is a really neat pavilion in the back of it. And a lot of people just walk right past it or they go to the restaurants or they go to the yeah. stores and they don't explore that in the back um, where they would be forced to at that point. Um, that is kind of disappointing to me. And it looks like the double uh, tiered building, the three tiered building that was supposed to be like over where club cool used to be. Yeah. Um, I bet that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know if it's been officially announced that way, but I don't think it's going to happen. I had hesitancies about it when it first started because of a capacity standpoint that wasn't going to work out that well. I think it was a great idea in theory, but rooftop, you're going to have to cap that. And now you're going to have to cap it even more. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how beneficial it'll be for them, but maybe they'll surprise us and they'll do it anyway. But I do think it will be, not to go down a rabbit hole, but like I think it will be kind of reminiscent of how the original plans for Epcot were and then what happened to Epcot. Well, this is going to be the original concept plan for the redo of Epcot, yeah. and we're going to get a variation of it. Um, almost by necessity at this point. I mean, nobody could have predicted what happened to happen and how it would play out. So um, I think it'll be scaled down. I think it still will be a good upgrade for Epcot. It, it, it can't fail to be, can it? You know, right. and I, um, I think they will catch a lot of heat if it does. But like I said before, you almost have to trust Imagineering on some of the stuff because they don't want to put out a product that people are going to give them a hard time about consistently because they know what they're dealing with with Epcot fans. Yeah. <laughs> and the nostalgia is strong with Epcot, and they can't let that go. I mean, they've put it in their media stuff that they're going to stay true to the heart of the original intentions for the park. So let's see what they do. <laughs> Yeah, they've got to do something. Yeah. They're pushed into a box. I'm very yeah, much looking forward to Guardians, seeing yeah. how that integrates. Because mm-hmm. I think that's going to attract a lot of people. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> I'm still waiting on Ratatouille to reopen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to open at least for that matter. Yeah. It's bound to be about ready. Like, <laughs> it must be. It must be. Ready. It, it was be only nice. about a month or two. I mean, I remember visiting in January or February of la- of earlier this year, and it looked like it was ready to go then, at least yeah. on the outside. It's like, there's no way it's not done. <laughs> They're all pushing the- for time here. <laughs> yeah, all the signage is up, isn't it? And all mm-hmm. the, the queue lines are all there. You can see basically yeah. right over top of it. It's like, yeah. this yeah. is pretty much as close to done as it's going to be done. You need some finishing touches, and that's about it. Uh, but, hey, maybe there's more inside the building that we don't realize, but who knows? Maybe a year ago they would have soft opened it already. Right, right, exactly. But now with maybe ah, uh, you know what? Thanksgiving weekend. 
I reckon they'll wait Thanksgiving weekend. They'll open it. <laughs> I hope because I'll be there that weekend. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't know that. Okay, Colin, we need a live update. <laughs> right from the skyliner like yeah, that'd be great yeah. you know. in the queue i wish <laughs> let's hope so yeah i honestly don't think we'll see it this year and we might but i don't think we will no. um, i think i think we'll be pandemic and we'll be everything. lucky if we see a firework show at epcot this year even with the testing that's currently going on um if so i better be first to next year as much as i hate to say that um because they've postponed the restaurant too um the space restaurant it's been postponed yeah. i believe officially now uh, again and i was supposed to open last christmas so <laughs> so we'll see um we'll see how it works out but i don't see disney doing any media events or press events where they have to bring people in in large numbers anytime soon i don't think they'll open anything without doing so yeah, they're gonna want to wait until capacity right. which is at least 50 yeah. percent they're going to want to use it to push numbers. And if yeah. they can't push numbers and load the park by opening that up to generate revenue out of it, I don't think they're going to open it because they don't need to. <laughs> I'm wondering whether they'll do it when FastPass makes a return. Maybe. Because that might be a Maybe. way of them being able to manage. Maybe. Unless they do it via virtual queue like they're doing Rise of the Resistance. But there's a single rider line for Ratatouille anyway. Yeah. So Is there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there in yeah. the... It's no quicker yeah, though because like... the... Yes, there is because if you look at the pictures, there's there's the it's exactly the same as in Paris. So you've yeah. got you know that's what Carlos standby. was saying. He was impressed yeah. by the one in Paris. He's just excited that it's going to be here. He's like, but it's not that intriguing for me because I've already ridden. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We we've ridden it. Yeah, yeah. I've ridden it many many oh, yeah. times, and it's it loads. It's a three three load. So mm -hmm. actually, single rider is quite good. Um, mm -hmm. And quite yeah. often, my son and I will go in the single rider, and mm -hmm. we will end up in the same same vehicle yeah. <laughs> just kind of end yeah. up the odd one out on each end yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we've done that we've done that. and one time saves a lot of time the mm. people that were in with us then swapped and ran you sat yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little one that was works. sitting in the road behind him yeah. didn't see so yeah. we swapped yeah. the yeah. there you go yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's a, it's a three three load it's actually quite good for a single ride line nice yeah, I was going to say that's a handy hint. You've got, from, you've got from us there, Colin. You know, get it written down and. Uh, <laughs> it's like just, that's one for yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> have you got any other? Have you got any questions for us, Colin? Because we've asked you loads. No, it, it's I'm used to it. <laughs> Remember, I work with Carlos and Jason. I mean, what do you expect? Uh, no, I mean, as always, it's it's always mm -hmm. a conversational thing for me to experience what you guys do as far as traveling so far to the parks. I mean, how long does it realistically take you all to on air travel to get to Orlando? It's about a nine and a half uh, hour flight. So it's about the equivalent of if I drove yeah. to Walt Disney World. Yeah, that's kind of how it ends up being. But it's mostly on air. Well, obviously, obviously, all on air travel. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's mean, always intriguing the, to me because it's yeah, different. Thinking. Yeah, it's a different time commitment for you all than it is for us. I mean, yeah. I've always heard that most people from the UK tend to do two week stays or longer just because mm -hmm. it's harder yeah. to get there. Um, we're, I don't think I've ever done a two week stay at Walt Disney World, at least not for the same thing for an extended amount of time. Yeah. I think we Disney also get a lot more holidays. Really? Short uh, yeah, stay, yeah, eight yeah, days? Eight days. Wow. 
See, I've yeah. I've literally done weekend trips to Florida, <laughs> like, like two uh, days, turn around, jump on a plane, I'm go back. Get those eighty nine dollar flights, and we are set. <laughs> like, so I think it's, one it of the, is it's a different time commitment for sure. Yeah, and one of the things for us is we get more holiday from work, so we get yeah. a lot oh, more that, days I off. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that helps yeah, substantially. I, mean, yeah. I work I work in the health service in the NHS, and I mm-hmm. get uh, thirty three days plus bank holidays, so I get oh, that 40. helps a lot. Yeah. 41 days a year which is you know that's quite a healthy yeah, holiday to make, you know? yeah, so two weeks is 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 possible and i know you guys don't get anything like that I, i'm sure no that, you know, um see i have a little bit more greater flexibility than most in the united states because i do work from home and i can kind of work from everywhere um by default yeah. not just now but like forever i am a remote worker because um, they're based out of california i'm in kentucky um but um for me it, it kind of works out nicely because of a result of that um and obviously with Jason, Disney fan, uh, he's good to me on that kind of thing. And work works around it, which is nice. So like I can work during the day down there with Jason, and then we can go to the parks that night. So it yeah. works kind of nicely. Um, yeah. It's kind of the perfect arrangement, and that's kind of how how we ended up doing what we did after that conference. So it all kind of comes full circle. Yeah. For us, we can we can get to Paris for a weekend. You know, for mm-hmm. for for yeah. Ben and Becca actually only live like twenty minutes away from me. Uh, John is at the other end of the country. We don't talk about the north. We don't talk about the north of the country. Um, but, but for us, if we were if I was to jump in the car now, I could I could be in Disneyland Paris in like three and a half hours. Oh, that's uh, not bad at all. That's like yeah. me driving to Tennessee. Yeah. 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 If I was to so, drive to Claire's, I'd be in Claire, at Claire's in about five and a half hours. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's wow. quicker for me to get to yeah. Sam Paris than to get to John's house. I always forget that it's kind of easier for you guys house. to travel cross country than it is for us because you can drive sort of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, I mean, if I drove to the West Coast, it'd be 26 hours wow. probably. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. It's crazy because, uh, I mean, you have to stop. Jason drove it from California to Florida um, two days, I believe. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. No, that's. Yeah, a, I don't that's think I can do it in less drive. than three. Yeah. That's maybe one of those ones best not to ask, isn't it? Like you know? exactly, yeah. exactly. Let's not go there. Only time. That's why it's so hard for me to get to California. I mean, it doesn't seem like it on a map, but there's no yeah. easy way to get from yeah. Kentucky to California. I mean, yeah. you got to go to Texas. You got to go to O'Hare, Chicago. You got to go somewhere in between before you can get out there because they're not flying a plane from there to Kentucky very easily. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> it's not It's not a jet blue route then. No, no, it's definitely not. Uh, I think the closest is a Delta flight out of Cincinnati to the West Coast. And it's, wow. I mean, flight time's almost five hours, probably a little over, even on a direct flight. So, I mean, it's not easy. Um, it's like you guys getting to... Florida almost, and it's not that bad, but it's pretty close once you get in layover times and stuff. I mean, it's not as easy as it appears <laughs> from yeah. east coast to west. Right. Yeah. If we want now, to, if you're in Florida, it's you, a different story because they have direct flights all day yeah. out of Florida. Yeah. If we wanted yeah. to fly direct from either London or Manchester to, to somewhere like Boston, mm-hmm. that, that flight itself is about six hours six and a half hours so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's comparable really isn't it yeah it's more comparable than you'd think yeah um, yeah and it's and it's probably just as expensive too, <laughs> if not worse yeah. um yeah. but yeah that's the kicker i mean west coast travels high uh, no matter where you're coming from really um there's yeah. no cheap way to do it that's a comfortable way to do it um 
Yeah, it's right. kind of the story with air travel. Now, that may change in the coming year as they try to recoup funds, but mm. we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? I haven't, bought, I haven't booked any flights for next summer yet, so yeah. we'll just wait and see what the deals have. Let's just happen. say mine to Orlando in, in a few weeks. We're not cheap, so yeah. <laughs> but that was Delta, so that's always a little higher. Yeah. After yeah. Where, we, where, where we live, sort of the southeast, it's we can just get a train straight to DLP. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. nice. Normally about two. That's two a pretty comfortable hours. ride too, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, the train station's oh, yeah. a walk from Bed and Becker's house, or it's like yeah. fifteen-minute drive for me. We don't have car. any of that in the United States. They're working on it in Florida to try to have kind of a light yeah. rail type system. We don't have any of that. I mean, there's nothing that that I know of that runs north south that's even remotely affordable compared to air travel. So that's an awesome benefit. Uh, and it's it is really comfortable because the train station at Disneyland Paris is right there. Yeah. You, you're right. You For drop your bag at the station. They take it to the hotel. Yeah, you don't have to deal with air sickness or any of that kind of stuff. So I mean, it's always a win-win. That's nice. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. Are you doing? Thing. Actually, gone. I was just saying the best thing is the Wi-Fi. Just you go. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, free Wi-Fi. Well, it's free too. Oh, but, it's not like the airport yeah. stuff where it's like ninety dollars yeah. an hour. No, <laughs> like, free. But, that, <laughs> but that's that is counteracted by the Wi-Fi in Disneyland Paris, which is truly dreadful. True. Well, that, I think that's that was it's all awful. Disney parks for a while. Maybe they'll catch up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible awful. in Florida. It's sometimes. really. It, yeah. Oh, it's if you think that's bad, you honestly when you get to Paris, <laughs> it's a different level. Still on dial up. Really <laughs> I think it is. There you. You hear that tone in the background. Yeah, I would say that's when you just flip it off, go straight to the data, especially with mm-hmm. new iPhones, 5G. I mean, here we go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Who wow. needs it Wi-Fi? Is, <laughs> it is bad. And the thing that kills us when we're coming over to the States is is the immigration. You know, actually, yeah. for, <laughs> for some people, just standing in the immigration queue at MCO can be three, four hours. After oh, I've a seen nine, it. It's terrible. Yeah, after a nine-hour flight, that's not what yeah. you want. No, and it's annoying because you're standing yeah. in an airport ten minutes from your destination. Like, mm-hmm. well, not but, that close, but close enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, as a family, preferentially, we fly to Tampa just because it's actually yeah. quicker to fly to Tampa and then drive mm-hmm. back to Orlando than it is to wait in the queue yeah. for immigration. Yeah. And it's a much nicer airport. Nobody shouts at you at mm-hmm. Tampa. Yeah, Orlando's <laughs> notorious for being mean. That's even that's yeah. even for us. <laughs> TSA is not kind there. No. Whereas in <laughs> Tampa, like they're really nice. Roses anywhere else, but <laughs> we've so been nice. quite lucky at MCO. Really? Yeah, we've I've been, been flagged more times than I can queue. count at MCO. <laughs> Our first time was felt like about two hours, but wow. after that, when the kiosks went in, it was about ten mm. minutes. They flagged me for something camera related every single time. <laughs> every battery, show me your battery. Every, yeah, yeah, exactly. Show me it all. Show me it all. Yes, yeah. yeah, the batteries. Mm. It's strange that because we've actually only ever flown direct from the UK mm-hmm. into Orlando once. Really. And every other time we've gone indirect, either to Miami, JFK, Chicago, Atlanta, and we've it is, but actually it it works because you end up saving once you actually arrive and get through immigration quite quickly in the likes of Atlanta. You actually get Mm -hmm. you actually get some food, Mm -hmm. and so you actually you manage to have a meal as a family, and then sort of bump down to Orlando, then you get your car. You're into the hotel, and that you, you've not got that sort of late night kind of 
search yeah, for which food. is much better because some, some flights even domestic here i mean they'll leave at like six or seven o'clock you go to yeah. go to atlanta and then you stay in atlanta for three hours you yeah. get into orlando at midnight it's yeah. like really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've flown two and a half hours today and i'm getting it yeah. at midnight yeah <laughs> and it I, I don't know it works it works for different people and, and it works mm-hmm. I, I we've always been very cost Oh, same here. Same we, here. If I can save money, I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And and it's always worked for us. And, and when we had very young children, it worked perfectly because, mm-hmm. to be honest, you know, having young kids on a, on a flight for nine hours, if you could split that into two sort of sectors that were, were a little bit more manageable, it, it yeah. worked. It helps you know? a lot. Yeah. yeah. It helps a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to say, uh, there are airports that I don't particularly like. So Miami is one that I can't bear i've never gone into miami i've actually Lucky never you. been much south of orlando in recent years um but no i don't i don't have a desire to deal with that airport no. <laughs> really see I, i've you've had a from, good experience apart you? from I, 10 oh. years ago 10 years ago my bag got left back in heathrow oh went, no <laughs> went, on a, went on a holiday all of its own for 14 days and <laughs> thankful thankfully we were there for over three weeks but 14 days waiting for a bank turn and it was was not when you're headed to the outlet mall when you get to orlando <laughs> yeah, like, i need yeah. some clothes yeah and american airlines were paying yeah exactly <laughs> however, however it's the one holiday that I'm, i appear to be wearing somebody else's clothes for the entire holiday <laughs> it's like i don't even know who, i don't even have these they didn't even come back with me yeah. <laughs> but i would i would also in in defense of miami airport and it was in 2010 it was a hideous place to actually deal with it was a hideous place to to actually get somebody to understand the fact that you've actually traveled from london Mm -hmm. your bag hasn't and what am i going to do and last i've been here for three weeks on top of that yeah yeah yeah. nobody nobody really cared they gave me a number um but when we went last last year it was a completely different place it was much more modern They'd actually put a, an awful lot into the infrastructure around the airport. Nice. Okay. And the car the car hire center is now a monorail similar similar to you know, you get the, the monorail out there and you suddenly you've got quite a polite sort of area, which is not the old hot housed yeah. car <laughs> like they are like, yeah. like they still are at, at MCO and it was it was a surprise because I know Clay. I know you and I have, have talked about this before. Is Miami for you is is sort of the last place on earth you want to go to, but it actually is a much. It's a, I, I do say this, it's a, and it's not a Carlos influence or anything like that. <laughs> but it's it's a much better place to go to than than we give it credit for. If I ever fly through through Miami again, I'm just going to get Carlos to come give us a lift. <laughs> there I, you go. He'll do it too. He I will. Not hard. I just there. I just and I, I, we were going to Naples, so we flew to Miami and then I drew, drove across the state yeah, of Naples. That flight's what, 15 it. minutes, like. <laughs> yeah. It's like pick the car up and 10 hour flight and then yeah. a, a two yeah. hour drive across the, across the state. Yeah. And it's you know, it was fine, it was just one of those things where it was just and a nobody bad can drive in Florida, so they have to deal with that too. <laughs> we didn't see it, it was, it was like nine o'clock at night, we didn't see another car, it was just like me trying <laughs> to stay awake, like, like, yeah. avoiding the gators on the road. Um, oh, alligator alley is the road across the yeah, 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 in the dark, it's great. Yeah, I must, <laughs> I must admit, I must admit, we 
first first time we went to Miami, we did drive straight up, and I've learned that lesson. Yeah, don't. Right, it's you know it's doable, but it's a boring drive. And for anyone who's mm-hmm. living in the UK and trying to plan a trip, it's slow. Yeah, you can do it. But actually, <laughs> for just for just a couple of quid, and you actually stay around the airport in Miami, and then get in the car the following day. You'll actually mm-hmm. you'll enjoy your flight a little bit more. And mm-hmm. you'll be up early the next day anyway, yeah, so you might yeah. as well make the most of it and right, crack yeah. on at four in the morning. Yeah, it is. It's it's a totally different experience. And, you know, have we learned that? that and it's, it's like many things go to Orlando, isn't it? You know, you learn as you, you, learn as you go along and yep. you, you try <laughs> not to. why I can do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, ben. have you ever sort of thought of moving to Orlando? So I have actually many times. Um, it was actually probably part of the plan for this year and it just didn't happen um <laughs> honestly i've got so many things going with like family stuff here that it's hard to pick up and move um just because of the nature of the beast unfortunately um and we're a very tight-knit family so that kind of makes it difficult um like the next probably 20 30 minutes we'll probably be jumping in the car with family to meet for a family dinner we're that kind of family um but it makes it difficult to I get comfortable with the idea and I've talked to Jason about many times and he's, he's very um, encouraging about it all as far as um, ease of doing it. Carlos obviously is in the real estate world. So that helps as well. Um, So at some point it'll probably happen. I don't know when it will be though. I I don't I don't know if that's the answer everybody wants to hear, but that's probably the the most authentic answer. I I think as well. And I think it comes back to that family bit as well. And I yeah, think, it's very difficult. Um, yeah. It's more difficult than many realize, especially if your family's not going with you. Yeah. Um, with me, I, I'm young enough. I don't have a family of my own, so it's very difficult to just kind of up and leave and you're on your own quite literally. Yeah. Um, obviously, I have good friends in the area, um, especially in Orlando, very, very close friends that are like family to me. But it's different. Um, no matter no matter how much you have that kind of comfort blanket there, it is different than when you can't just, I mean, you can't go play golf with your dad on a Saturday afternoon. Like, it is different. Yeah. Uh, and and the, those are moments that, again, it's, again, even even what you've written on your own website, it, it strikes me as something in your whole core principles of life. Yeah. That, well, at least I try. I don't know if it always no, happens that way, but I try. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's so easy, these, you know, it's so easy, isn't it, to just sort of give up on that and go and chase whatever mm-hmm. you know I, I know i'd I'd love to live in orlando mm-hmm. i think i think i think most of us here would love, love that but but it's that actual knowledge that you are leaving you are leaving people behind and mm-hmm. you know yeah and yeah. it's hard to come to grasp with yeah. sometimes i mean totally at some point that. it may happen but it's got to be a different situation for me really yeah. um we'll see we'll see yeah, that's good it's all about timing isn't it it's, yeah. yeah it mm-hmm. is it is yeah. very much so I'm gonna go. And, I'm gonna move when we retire. I'm gonna wait till the kids are sorted and they're, they're, you know, they You say that, and then we'll and then retire. Go too. <laughs> uh, do you know my son's already planning to do the college program? So you know, there you go. There you go. he'll be out there before you then. Yeah. 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 Good. You get some money. I'm not paying for his holidays. <laughs> <laughs> you got an excuse to go and visit. There you go. Exactly. Two for one. Yeah. You can yeah. stay longer if you have someplace to stay. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> or maybe not, based on that response. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You could <laughs> rent some DVC points, Claire. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm, mm, yeah. You should buy into DVC and you have all the points you need. You just have to keep That's buying. another long conversation I in know, our house. Right? Yeah. I know. I've never been DVC. And it's probably you know, a mistake years ago. Uh, ben and Becca do DVC, and that's great. Yeah. But for us, we would need a, a, a fairly substantial, so at least a one-bedroom mm-hmm. villa, if not a two-bedroom. Yeah, and, that's how it is for us, and it gets difficult. And for two weeks. Yeah. yeah, two weeks worth of points, points in a two-bedroom. That's a lot of money. So, yeah. you know, we, we kind of, it's yeah. A big decided contract. Disney like, yes. When we bought in, we bought resale, and we were quite lucky that we managed yeah. to get benefits by adding a small contract on which yeah that helps bit, mm-hmm. yeah. More... it's not really doable anymore i don't think is it no, mm-hmm. yeah. you need to get at least more another 100 points on top yeah, yeah. which is yeah. a lot <laughs> especially yeah. when it's recurring like yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's we, we were quite lucky with what we got we had a reasonable exchange rate at the time when we bought and mm-hmm. sure we've got so. enough it's points for about two weeks yeah. just under two weeks a year I know that's killing the Canadians right now, too. I've got some friends in Canada that go down to Disney a lot, and the exchange rate has gone to nothing for them. It's like really? double. Um, so oh. it's it's near impossible for me. Unless you're doing really well in Canada, it's yeah. very difficult to get to Walt Disney World. Well, right now, it's very, very difficult. Yeah. But even before all this, the exchange rate was terrible. Well, my way. Yeah. John, just bide your time not to get political. There's an election coming up. Things might change. <laughs> I'm hoping. Yeah. And that's it, isn't it? And I think, you know, Colin, I've been really fascinated by that little, in- the many insights you've given us as to actually the way that the situation is within the US at the moment. You know, I had no idea about the Canadians. We've got Canadian family um, who don't who are not snowbirds and i think that's a that's a big part of the winter the winter community within in in florida and and within orlando especially Mm -hmm. you know the snowbirds that come come down yeah even i mean even down to orlando from like kentucky and new york and all those places i mean there's all big mass migration from here to year sometimes absolutely don't know how much of that's happening this year yeah, and that's sad because actually it then it impacts on the infrastructure mm-hmm. that we we know and love within Orlando as well. And that, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, especially the culture as a whole down there. It's just so tourist driven. It's it, yeah. they're struggling in a lot of ways. People have given them a lot of crap for reopening stuff, but at some point, I mean, if it's your industry, you kind of have you're forced into a box. Either you you reopen or you don't survive, and a lot of that kind of stuff in yeah. the tourism industry. Yeah. I mean. You only do so much, unfortunately. As yeah. as terrible as that is to say, it is very, very difficult for some of those folks right now. Yeah, and and, and I think you know we've I think we've repeatedly talked, and I, and I continue to talk about it. And if any of the listeners listen to this and thinking I'm harping on again, but you know it's cast it's cast members that we've grown to know and love. It's probably you know villa owners that are really struggling, and we we actually feel really helpless across on this side mm-hmm. of the atlantic but, no, but i know it, that feeling Even yeah being just where i am like, yeah but it's you know it's pe- it's real people we're talking about and and real friends a lot of times yes yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly it and you know our heart our hearts totally go out to them and you know it, it's you know, it's, it's one of those things everybody kind of saw it, saw it coming but at the same time it's one of those things you never expect to actually be a reality at yeah. least not in an afternoon like and it, it put a 
made it very, very difficult for very, very many people. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think a lot of us was expecting like when the pandemic hit for like oh, a month or mm-hmm. two and it would just bounce back and be back to normal by right. sort of summer. Yeah. That, that I mean, was what I was sitting was... in Disneyland four days before it closed and none of us thought, hey, we just thought, hey, this is probably going to be like the flu this year. It'll be fine. We'll move on. Yeah. We went to the conference. We went to Disneyland. We flew home. The day we flew home, I don't know if it picked up on your radar and um, over there, but uh, when there was there was a cruise ship quarantined in the San Francisco Bay, yeah, we were sitting on the San Francisco Bay. <laughs> like, I flew out the day they get let the people off that ship, um, but it, it became real at that point when you start seeing the airports start to clear out. Um, Atlanta is a very odd place right now. Um, it's better than it was. Last time I flew through there, it was hard to find some place to eat because yeah. it wasn't open. Um, so it was it's it's very odd. Uh, domestic travels just as strange, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's getting better. It's getting better day by day, but we'll see where it goes next. <laughs> no, that's good, and, and and I think as well, it just it needs everybody to have that positive thought moving moving forward. Yeah, you, know, it, you we yeah. got to adapt. We got to move on. We got to develop yeah. what needs to be put in place to make it happen the way it needs to happen, and do, do yeah. so safely. And if you stay positive about it, things better things tend to happen. So, yeah, yeah, it's all mindset at the end of the day. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Positive thoughts. Oh yeah. Needs to be. Bit of Disney magic and pixie dust. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Colin, thank you for joining us today. Happy to it's be here. It's been amazing to chat to you. I know that our listeners will want to follow you and enjoy your content. So where can they find you on social media? So basically, thanks for the opportunity for me to be able to share that as well. Thank you for that. And thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. I know I probably won't push you guys well over time, but um, it was it was a lot of fun. We I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, but as far as finding me on social media, um, it's guide for WW almost everywhere. Um, and the four is the number four rather than letters F-O-R. Um, so anything there, Instagram, Facebook, the website itself is guide4ww.com. Um, and don't forget to join us on the After Hours show, as you guys do tend to do every single week, and we really appreciate that. Um, Thursday nights, um, eight, well, 9 p.m. our time. What time is that for you all? 2 a.m. Yeah, I would say it's really early in the morning. Um, We're sorry about that. Hopefully you guys catch (laughs) it on the replay sometimes. You don't have to stay up. Um, But we appreciate it when you do. It's very nice to see you guys show up there and support us um, and be a part of that community that we hope continues to grow because it's a fun place to be, and we hope it's Mm -hmm. something that you guys enjoy being a part of as well. Um, But, yeah, that's basically me. Um, I've got a few things coming in the future, hopefully some things that you all might be able to join in on as far as timing goes. But that's about all I can say at this point. I don't entirely know myself what I'm going to be doing soon. (laughs) But I am working on a few things, so hopefully we can work that out in one way or another so you guys can be a part of it on the other side of the pond there as well. (laughs) Yeah, brilliant. Sounds good. So Thank you to all of our listeners for listening to us waffle. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at GB Mickey Waffle, and on our YouTube channel, it's The Great British Mickey Waffle. You can also get in touch with us by email using themickeywaffle at gmail.com. 
If you're listening for the first time, then don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so that you don't miss out on any of the fun stuff we have coming up. Waffle on. Waffle on. Waffle on. Waffle on.